broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. You're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Whole Foods Market creates win-win partnerships with our suppliers, and we love to tell their stories. Red Jacket Orchards is a family-owned farm in the Finger Lakes of the Hudson Valley that's grown for decades alongside Whole Foods Market. Their apples, pears, ciders, and juices are some of New York's best and seasonal staples for any kitchen. Come have a taste in one of our six Manhattan locations. Welcome to We Dig Plants on the Heritage Radio Network. We are the ladies of Groundworks, Inc. I'm Carmen DeVito. And I'm Alice Marcus Craig. And we design, install, and maintain gardens in and around New York City. And the season's kind of coming to an end shortly, Alice. Even I know. You can't tell that by today's weather. It seems like a spring day. It is. But it? we are busy, busy planting bulbs for next spring yeah and cleaning up those gardens and and um making some compost in fact um in the second half of our show today we're gonna take some calls um for our guests and the first person to call or to email in will win a bag of our own homemade brooklyn blend compost and (laughs) yo 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 brooklyn's in the house (laughs) anyway today we have some great guests rochelle grayer and susan cohen founders and editors of a brand new just launched online outdoor design magazine called leaf welcome ladies thanks thank you hi 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 so um Let's uh, let's tell our listeners a little bit about you. Uh, we, Alice and I always like to get bios um, f- about our guests. And Rochelle, I'm going to start with you. You had a very interesting bio on the Leaf um, page. You have gone Mach 1.2 in the backseat of an F-14. <laughs> Were you in the upright yes. position? <laughs> <laughs> Better than uh, horizontal. Mostly, <laughs> okay, because you had a really interesting bio, so I, I thought I'd share some of that. Um, you were also uh, instrumental in launching Russia's first commercial satellite. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, well, before, before, before changing <laughs> careers to be a landscape designer, I, I, um, I had uh, another career in um, physics and um, worked for some aerospace companies. And That's awesome. Like yeah. And then the last was planting a giant sequoia tree. So I thought that was a good, like, balance. <laughs> yeah. A good contrast from aerospace to. Well, they're giant. all monumental. You yes, know? exactly. So, some more stuff about Rochelle. She loves truck songs. And she has a super special mixtape heard only in her flare-sided Ford pickup while on plant buying and flea marketing adventures. <laughs> um, and if it's in the plant kingdom and it's chartreuse or grassy or both, Rochelle wants it. 
<laughs> she also can't own enough pairs of seven jeans. And I'm so glad you said that because that's one of my favorite they are good, yes. brand <laughs> jeans. And she also thinks that rhinestone cowboy and grease are two of the best things about the 70s. I love that, Rochelle. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and she wears sambas to garden and hunters to work. And Alice and I always wear right hunters on. to work. So that's, that was a, I thought that was a really good bio. Rochelle, Thank you. I think you should make a mixtape of that truck song. Yeah. Oh, I, I could. It would, I, should, I should publish it, baby. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that would definitely sell. Songs to garden by. Now, Susan. Right. Co- <laughs> so uh, the other person that we have on the line is Susan Cohen. Um, she is a practicing residential landscape designer and a, f- a co-founder of Leaf, who believes that great design should permeate everything we live with. Susan has an affinity for contemporary design, but also loves antiques and traditional design. She describes herself as full of contradictions and to make it worse, has the next shiny thing syndrome. <laughs> So can you get in, can you describe that a little bit more, Susan? Oh, my goodness. I have a very short attention span over (laughs) the course of years when it comes to design. As soon as I find something else I like, something else catches the corner of my eye, and I like that just as equally, and then something else, and then something else, and something else. And I tend to kind of absorb all of this all the time, all the time. It's like feeding the beast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, at the speed that technology is working now, you always have something new to get excited about, you know. Well, and the oh, un- absolutely, absolutely. I think that that's that that's that's one of the wonders of technology for me is that it works as fast as my brain and desire does. Right, and the unexamined life is not worth living. Right, right. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. So you both have these very interesting backgrounds. We, we'd like you to tell us a little bit about what inspired you to launch this magazine. Um, well, um, I, I, it's so funny, we've been asked this story a number of times now, I think we're getting good at telling it, but, um, we, um, we met, we met a few years ago, um, through, I, I don't know if you know Chris Hiley, or we, we, when I say met, we met over the phone, we were being, um, interviewed much at like the same today. time, much like this, and, um, and, um, we were being interviewed about uh, blogging at the time. Um, this is a few years ago, and uh, and the the question came up of you know why do you blog and and I was I was sort of talking about how I had started my website, but how it had kind of quickly morphed into like the beginnings of of this magazine that I wished existed but just didn't. And and you know this was like my tiny effort to like kind of do that. And uh, right. and anyway, you know over the years Susan and I have gotten to know each other a bit better and met a number of times and and it's. It, it just came up again and again, and with the advent of online magazine making, uh, magazine making a little more um, simple, a I guess, reality, or, right. or, or more, uh, more. I wouldn't say what we it's did was simple, but uh, a little bit more um, <laughs> available, I guess, right. to people like right. Susan and I to create. Um, um, you know, we 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 started talking early in the spring, and um, of you know, do we want to do this? And and um, and uh, you know, we both were pretty eager to. To, to kind of see where we could take it. Right. That, that's a, it's a brave initiative since so many magazines are really starting to struggle these days, you know, especially design magazines over the past couple of years, Domino and House and Garden and even Gourmet is gone. So what yeah. do you think are the factors that will make your, your magazine um, work? We don't have first any... Year, um, um, no print. And... and uh, we don't have any bricks and mortar, period. Right. No print, no bricks and mortar. It's totally virtual. Good. 
um, our office is even virtual. <laughs> yes. We don't have a phone number. Um, right. Which may or may not be a good thing, but we made the decision early on to keep everything as um, kind of sustainable and virtual as possible so we could collaborate in real time that way. Right. Uh, no, that's great. Is, yeah. You know what I also I think will will hopefully um be part of our success is um um as much as I love so many of the magazines that don't any longer exist, um, I, I feel like in our um, niche of gardens and design and whatnot, there there historically hasn't been a whole lot of magazines, you know, as compared to exterior or I'm sorry, interior design. But um, but those that are there are um, are um, they're not necessarily. I wouldn't say for the large part they don't kind of bubble up from the. Um, from the um, people who who are in that industry in maybe the same way that interiors magazines might. Right, yeah. I know what you're saying, yes. They, they tend to be, you know, like even now, uh, you know, some of the big magazines in our industry are, are staffed by people who came from, you know, interiors or food or, or you know, lots of other places, but they're not, they're not, they're not like, they're not landscape designers or horticulturalists or whatever that yes. tend to to lead these magazines and um, and I really think there's something to that um, because I you know I think I think having your pulse on the um, field in a way that you can only really have your pulse on the field when you've kind of been out there and digging in the dirt and you, you know really knowing what's going on or building somebody's garden or whatever is is an interesting sort of um, thing to bring to a magazine and. Um, that, you know, I don't know if it's entirely been there before. And and I found it interesting that when I was looking at your premiere issue, this fall issue, the magazine, I mean, you know, it comes from the informed by gardening and horticulture, but it's very encompassing. I mean, in the first issue, you have stories about young farmers, a basket maker in Norway, a spread of fashion finds for fall, which I really loved. I mean, this is not your typical outdoor or gardening magazine at all. Would and you, it's not well, a how-to magazine, which is really yeah. interesting. Yeah, because we t- between the two of us, we have, you know, we're not, we have varied interests and we take a very broad view of what it means uh, of what design means outside. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's, it's not just gardens, it's not just plants, it's not just furniture, it's all, everything, you know, anything that, that you can do or experience beyond your door. Right. And that's what game. I love about it. When I saw, I was, you know, I've been watching it over, um, Facebook, you know, the progress over these, these few months of, you know, of the launch. And I was really fascinated by it. And that's why Alice and I really wanted to have you on the show because we wanted to understand your process and, you know, who, who do you think your reader is going to be? Well, I, we kind of think, um, we, we look at, um, a lot of the interiors magazines, which we love, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the question always seems to beg in our minds you know you have this whole interior lifestyle, and an interiors magazine generally does cover travel, it does cover food, it does cover a little bit of fashion, yeah, but nobody ever questions any of that right. when you 're looking at like House Beautiful or traditional Homer or any you know any of those kinds of magazines and and our thought was you know uh, you know having this sort of um, exterior space and a, and a relevance of the a great outdoors and an awareness of the great outdoors, not just, the, you know, inside your four walls. Why, why doesn't all of that apply in the very same way 
to exterior design as it does to interior design. And, and you know, I think that's kind of how we live and how we kind of see things, but never really um, get that from a magazine. And so... Right, um, right. Uh, Carmen and I do, do, you know, obviously some promotional stuff for, for our company. <clears throat> and we found that a lot of um, the the publications that, that, that sometimes we work with, they're... Um, they don't understand what the process is of making a garden or or they see it as only that and they don't see the connections to daily life you know i mean mm-hmm. a few a few years ago the the thing that was so hot was like the outdoor room right like everybody was every magazine was covering the outdoor room which is great because it does bridge both the inside and the outside but the the act of making that room and then making it appropriate and how you really live in that space is is yeah. essential, I think, to, to the understanding. And the design, it was so design-driven design that horticulture was by the wayside. Do you know what I mean? Like they didn't right, bring right. in, you know, the, the important element of, is this really going to work? Right. You know? Yeah, well, you, you know, it, that just reminds me of a, uh, it, it, this is uh, I, just something that I think is so sort of funny. I uh, I run a farmer's market as well as these other things. And and it, what what baffles me is a few years back I was struggling with my tomatoes. There was a like, massive tomato blight going throughout New England. Right. And I kind of didn't know what to do and whatever. And I I, um, I went to the farmer's market and there's one grower, one, one, one vendor there that, you know, always has these fantastic tomatoes and, and I was asking her, and she's this older woman who's, you know, just been a farmer for her whole life here in New England, and asking her, like, well, what do you do? What do you do with your tomatoes? And, 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 and yeah, she gave me tremendously fantastic advice. Like, literally, she doesn't, she never starts tomatoes. She, she, like, literally puts seeds in the ground, like, all of this, like, contraption with, like, light boxes and starts and all that. None of it. She doesn't need to do any of that. Straight in the ground, great tomatoes. Oh, interesting. Um, but... You know what I found? So when I tell this story to people, people are like, oh, you know, oh, like there's this weird like loss of a connection between like the fact that we can grow our own food and like farmers, that's what they do and and (laughs) horticulture and garden design and like other people who's living is from the land like farmers. Uh, They're all related and there's, it's all similar, but I think there's a big disconnect there. And, And I think with the magazine, we were... In so, I mean, we're trying to do a lot of things, but one of those things is is to try and you know not have such a disconnect. The, the great outdoors is it's a big ecological system. We're all kind of working together on this, and it's not like farmers and agriculture and and garden makers are so different. Yeah, we are all yeah. in the same media. Well, it's so good thing, to I hear you say that. Uh, yeah, I think it's important <laughs> what people don't <clears throat> think about, and what garden magazines generally, in my opinion, don't do is they don't incorporate the human element. Mm. Yeah. And you see you know, yeah. fantastically beautiful aspirational spaces <laughs> without a touch of a human being anywhere there. Yeah, that's a good um, point. And one of the <clears throat> things, you know, just in terms of contemporary 21st century life and what Rochelle was talking about in terms of disconnect and um, with the outdoors is that if people start to relate to the outside-designed environment as they relate to the inside-designed environment, there won't be such a big disconnect. That gulf won't, will be smaller. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really the trend now. But I like what you're, what you're saying about multidisciplinary instead of like 
departmentalized, almost like like a liberal arts education versus, you know, a trajectory of engineering or, you know, whatever physics or you know math or whatever no not physicists no 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 (laughs) no because you plant sequoia trees (laughs) but uh, the point is that that all of these things do relate and you do need a broad understanding of of how the world works i think there's also a um uh, a disconnect with a lot of homeowners (coughs) that a, a homeowner would not renovate their own bathroom or their own kitchen generally. Some would, and some are handy, and they would. But just about every homeowner is willing to go outside with a shovel, stick it in the ground, and say, you know, that's enough. Right. Um, I'm a weekend gardener. All of us here are sitting, uh, you know, in our, we're also wearing our landscape designer hats, and for me, that's not good enough. You know, I I want people to respect the fact that a designed environment can make their lives better. Mm-hmm. Not just pretty, but right. better. Right. And that's a big difference. Well, we have it's to take a, a, little, a little bit of a break. When we come back, um, we're going to talk more with Susan Cohen and Rochelle Greer of Leaf Magazine. Please stay tuned. Welcome back. That was a little Black Sabbath, also from the 70s, Rochelle. <laughs> that was a song actually called Sweet Leaf in honor of Leaf Magazine. Oh. So uh, we were talking with Susan Cohen and Rochelle Greer of Leaf Magazine, a brand new online design magazine just launched this fall. Um, if any of our listeners want to call or email questions to our guests, uh, please do so at the Heritage Radio website, um, Heritage Radio website, and uh, let us know what your questions are. And the first one to do so will get a free bag of our compost. I think it's cool you're making compost in Brooklyn, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) I lived in Brooklyn for a number of years. It's very cool. Oh, good. Well, we have so much waste, you know, from from landscaping. So we thought, let's turn it into something. Brooklyn Blend. That's right. (laughs) Um, Anyway, back to the magazine. So tell us about some of the challenges, logistically and otherwise, of getting this magazine off the ground. Because you both live in different states, and you have other work and commitments, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... I mean, well, we've already mentioned the virtual office. So, um, you know, I think um, even just uh, when we when we setting up our business, <clears throat> I think um, having you know two um, two home based offices in two different states were you know it, it, right out of the right out of the gates we had our lawyers and our accountants <laughs> scratching their heads about hmm what's the best way to where set should this we up, incorporate you know? right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Um, yeah, I mean, now it's, uh, you know, I think we've sorted those things out for the most part, but um, 
It's um, and and the virtual thing is is quite frankly working. I I, I don't I don't see it as a big challenge at I all. I think either. other people. Um, yeah, other people kind of, you know, wonder how that works. But I mean, truly, between Skype and um, Dropbox and a few other good technology tools, it's um, it's pretty it's easy, right? Big, it's pretty yeah. easy, yeah. yeah. Um, um, but um, I think that probably the biggest challenge now is um, is um, you know continuing to build the support for it and and. Um, you know, uh, business partners and, and, and really, you know, kind of just as any startup, um, get it off the ground and financially make it like a viable thing that we can, um, you know, continue to do for a long time. So yeah, that's, let's that's talk, our biggest challenge. Let's, let's talk yeah, about viability. Yeah, let's talk about the advertisers. <laughs> In your first issue, you're able to attract some, some, I thought, pretty impressive and serious advertisers. How were you able to get them on board with a brand new magazine like that? How, how did that work? We have an amazing, you know, I think, um, amazing our, our market is, is relatively... We've got to give Sandy a shout-out. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. Sandy, Sandy she, she Sloan just, is, our, um, is our advertising director. And um, I, I really think that, you know, the, 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 that they were interested in all of us, one, due to her and, and her ability to kind of reach out and, and, and explain the vision. But I think um, also um, it, it's an underserved market, and I think um, it's it's... Uh, we're hopefully filling a niche that not just readers, but also advertisers. I think, um, you know, has 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 has. There's a need. There's a, you know, there's a real interest. If you think about need, it, so. um, in all of the interior magazines, and again, I'm not trying to compare apples to oranges. Yeah, yeah. Many of those advertisers advertise in those interior design magazines because they want to reach the design enthusiast or the design professional. Sure. Um, so that by positioning ourselves kind of as a kind of satellite of that market, mm-hmm. um, we were able to say, look, we're th- this is not, you know, a horticultural magazine. This is a magazine where somebody who wants a beautiful piece of furniture is going to come and look mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was really, really important um, in our talking to the advertisers to do that. Um, well, and, and they're also cur- super curious. I mean, this is, it's Wild West. Out, it's the Wild West out there. Sure. There's no rules yet. Right, because it's Internet-based. and it's right. Because it's Internet-based mm-hmm. and it's digital and it's new and it's clickable and it's immediate and trackable, uh, you know, and pass alongable. Pass. You don't have to wait till you know it's in someone's dentist office for for like the pass right. along to you don't happen. Have to steal <laughs> it from your doctor. That's right. <laughs> well, and, you know, and 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 on the on the you know you don't have to wait until it's in your dentist office. Uh, even on the editorial side, um, we. We were making editorial decisions um, and literally adding things probably a week before we published, which, you know, with a traditional publishing model, you know, the, the June issue might be done in, you know, right. March. You're and, six to and, eight months you know, out. printing right. and all of that. And so, you know, the, the, the instant um, kind of gratification of, you know, this is happening now and and you know that that short turnaround is something that we can really um, capitalize on too and 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 make some quick decisions and and still publish um, well and that's and that's what advertisers are all about is the quick sale you know so so be, because you they are want results it, yeah. right because you're so contemporary they can they probably feel that their product is getting you know or, or whatever it is they're 
they're repping that that it's getting quick bill in a in a yeah. You and know. you can also measure the results quickly. You can say how many people clicked on it, right, uh, Susan? Right. How many people looked at the pages? Which pages were looked at? Do you have the ability to do that for the advertisers? Yeah, we do. We do, Absolutely. yep. Yeah, it's really a brilliant um, and model. They, and, you know, savvy advertisers should have, you know, if they have their own analytics um, on their own websites, will be able to tell exactly who came from where and... Um, you know, how many sales and, and calls, you know, normally with, you know, magazine advertising, <coughs> excuse me, you, you, you know, you can spend whatever you're going to spend on a, an ad and, and um, how do you know? It's not that easy to, to tie that to a sale necessarily no, unless no. somebody comes right out and says, oh, I saw you in El Decor or whatever. Um, you know, here you, you, you know a little bit clearer, not necessarily with everything, but, you know, yeah. it's all part of that image sort of um uh, advertising, but you know there there is some real accountability in um, in the online world that is um, I would say in some ways less so uh, you know in There's other also a different, uh, tr- you know, more traditional and you know it's not all you know roses and you know sunshine here. There's been some real struggle with helping our advertisers understand that. Old models, the print models, don't necessarily apply here. Right. Um, yeah. You know, so, for example, we've been struggling with the fact that um, people want to know how many subscribers we have. Right. Well, both Rochelle right. and I run <laughs> successful blogs with subscribers, knowing, and we know that the number of sub- subscribers online doesn't have anything to do with the number of page views or the number of visitors to a site. Right. It has nothing to do with that. Right. But yet, because it's so new, there's a whole bunch of education that has to go involved in, like, how many page views, how many impressions you've yeah. gotten. It's a new you know, language. And we're trying to develop yeah. an entire online community that involves not only the magazine, but our Facebook page and our Twitter feed and our right. blog and all of that. So it's a lot of added... Yeah value for an advertiser sure and we noticed that you also have leaflets which is the blogging our blog yeah so how does our, that how does that tie into leaf um, it's just a way for us to keep on you know to put um daily you know five or six days a week we post updates uh, and, you know yeah. stuff that we find that we like that we may not ever you know we probably wouldn't be able to use in the magazine it might be a picture, it might be a chair, it might be yeah. a doormat, it might be, you know, a cool place to go and visit. Mm-hmm. But it's also a way for us to keep, and that's part of the commitment that you make when you um, publish online, is that you do, it's not static. Right. There's yes. a constant flow of... Of thought um, and interesting... In, you're right, and yeah. that's where my next shiny thing syndrome comes in very <laughs> handy. Oh, that's, such a, that's a great quality. <laughs> so if you had to define, uh, either you, Rochelle, or Susan, or, or both, perhaps, if you had to define how you make the editorial decision, you know what I mean? How do you decide, and, and this is brand new, of course, we realize, how do you decide what goes in, you know, each issue? What are the, well, some of the I'll criteria? Well, first the first... Um, Six issues were, were, were technically planned uh, between Susan and I sitting in a, a hotel room a, a month or two, a couple months ago now, um, in Connecticut. We, we literally kind of picked a point halfway between where we live and, and met there for, 
you know, about 36 hours. Um, and and we, we, the two of us, I mean, being um, magazine novices, we, you know, we, we've both written for other publications and whatnot, but, um, you know, beyond that, we, you know, we have never, and we publish our own blogs, we haven't ever put together a magazine, but, but we knew what we wanted, and so we, we literally, it was like this massive creative purge, and, and, and I, I think we truly could have come up with ideas for probably three years in a row, but we, we limited ourselves to one. Yeah. Um, going forward from that, uh, I mean, uh, as I said before, we, you know, we can, we can change things around up, like, to the very last minute, and we, we do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, things become more or less viable, more interesting, less interesting, whatever it is. Um, and, 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 you know, we're, we literally work it out on a day-to-day basis, but, um, you know, we knew, um, we knew we wanted to, you know, have a little bit of food and recipes, and so we came up with flavor. We knew we wanted some history, so we have root. We have, uh, we have a couple um, departments that weren't in our current or first preview issue, but will be in our launch issue, um, you know, related to, um, you know, moods and inspiration boards and, mm-hmm. and maybe even some, you know, um, uh, more uh, hard-hitting... Politics. Politics, yes, politics of uh, right. the industry. Oh, plant, plant world politics. I love that. Yeah, breaking yeah. New, breaking news in the horticultural <laughs> <Yeah>. community. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's how Carmen and I kind of do the radio show. You know, weekly. It's it's the same sort of thing. It's like, what do we want to talk about? And then there's just this endless, you know, variety of topics. And you know, yeah. we kind of are like, let's do this then, and do that then, and blah blah blah. Yeah, I, I think I think it's funny people people are surprised to hear that that you know even my own family is like how did you come up with all that stuff and it, like for us i think i think susan would agree completely um ideas about what to write about is the last thing we worry about we've yeah. got plenty of those <laughs> right 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 and, and, uh, you know the, the amazing thing is is that um i would say and i think rochelle probably agree with this we agree on 90 percent of what's proposed what what we each propose yeah yeah. It's the 10% where we're like, ah, you know, somebody's like, well, I can't really visualize that. And then the other person will either say, okay, I can see that, or they'll Walk make a case it. for it. Yeah, say, exactly. You know, here's this. Like, let's take a look at this. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And we're very, very open about it. It's Flexible. It's really right. a fluid, fluid process. Yeah, yeah. It's important to have a good business partner like that. Yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah, um, exactly. So, um, and we love that you had a feature about Ellen Biddle Shipman, one of our favorite ladies of, of design and horticulture. Can you tell us a bit about that decision and why did you feature her in particular to start with? I think because all three of us, um, our, our other editor, Lynn Felicia Gallant, she's our managing editor, um, Lynn and I are both like huge Shipman fans. Um, I had visited Stan Hewitt Hall, Hewitt Hall in Ohio this past summer, and I was just blown away by it. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, I've seen parts of her gardens, but that's the only one that I've ever seen that really was complete. And I said, you know, it's very contemporary. There's native plants. There's, I mean, it was was fabulous. I said, you know, so let's start there. That's great. The bonus, which is kind of a side story and kind of weird, is that, and I didn't realize this, I'd read read a couple of books about her, um, was that, you know, she had an all-female practice, mm-hmm. which 
blazing vanguard for her time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. Yeah. And she succeeded in, in what was truly a man's world. Yeah. And I think, you know, to have that kind of inspiration in your first issue, even if it's close to 100 years old at this point, right? it's still, you know, an incredible thing. So we'll probably profile more more people like that who are vanguards and a little That's bit great. nuts and outside the box and maybe yeah. not as well known. Yeah, yeah. So. we had we had a one of our early shows was called the Ladies of Horticulture and it was exactly on on you know she quick, was one of, quick profile and she was one of them and yeah so we applaud you on that I, yeah I think that's great. so when's the next issue coming out can you give us a little preview of what you're working on a little. Pre two one one two. Yeah, <laughs> would that be January or okay? okay February first. Okay, so the magazine's going to be quarterly. Is that right? No, it'll be uh, six times a year is our plan. But okay. we, um, you know, as we're starting out, we we did this preview issue to kind of test the waters, see how it would go, and then. Um, the next one coming out in February, and our hope is after that we can carry forward with uh, six times a year every other month. And and I, I want to just remind people that you do offer paper copies of the magazine from MagCloud. Is that right? Mm-hmm. We do. Yeah, you can buy a paper copy. Okay, so you go to magcloud.com. Yeah, it's yeah. really easy. It's yeah. right on our in the table of contents. I mean, in, on the masthead, you just click on that. It takes you right there. You just. Yeah, for it's it. a print-on-demand model, so um, it's not like there's a bunch of copies of Leaf magazine sitting in a warehouse. Right. And, um, you know, yeah. if you want one, they'll print one for you. So. Yeah, right. Well, thank you so much, Susan and Rochelle, for joining us today on We Dig Plants. Unfortunately, we're out of time. We we encourage you to take a look at Leaf Magazine's premiere issue at uh, www.leafmag.com. Is that right, Susan? Yep, yep. And um, thank you for being on the show. It was inspiring and beautiful. And good luck with everything. Good luck. We're excited. Oh, to, thanks. Thanks for reading. We're thank excited you. to uh, keep our eye on it. Uh, you've been listening to We Dig Plants on Heritage Radio Network. The show is produced and engineered by the fearless Jack Inslee. A special thanks goes out to our sponsor. <laughs> Jack's blushing. <laughs> um, if you miss any part of the show, please note it's available via archive on the website, heritageradionetwork.com, and via podcast on iTunes. Please leave comments and or join our Facebook fan page, Groundworks Inc., We Dig Plants, or visit our website, groundworksgardens.com. See you in the garden. Happy gardening. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening. The following is a message from Jones Family Farms. Jones Family Farms is a 400-acre working farm offering quality agricultural products all year round, from fresh summer berries to Christmas trees in the winter, and an award-winning winery that is open from April to December. The reach of the Jones Family Farms is hard to capture, from their advocacy work, through the Working Lands Alliance, to ongoing classes in the Harvest Kitchen. Jones Family Farms is as passionate about education as it is about farming. 
Whether you're picking fresh strawberries or exploring local wines, we hope you're inspired to learn more about Connecticut farming. Visit www.jonesfamilyfarms.com for more information.